Hello everyone, I'm Sergeant of the Army Retired Dane Daly, and welcome to this edition of Soldier Today Podcast. Soldier Today Podcast is a product of the Non-Commissioned Officer and Soldier Programs Directorate at the Association of the United States Army. Soldier Today subjects focus on those topics that are relevant and needed by our soldiers and their families, serving the regular Army, the Army National Guard, and the Army Reserve. Our discussion topic today is Army Futures Command. Army Futures Command leads a continuous transformation in order to provide future warfighters with the concepts, capabilities, and organizational structures they need to dominate a future battlefield. The establishment of Army Futures Command marks one of the most significant Army reorganization efforts since 1973. When the U.S. Army disestablished the Continental Army Command and Combat Development Command and redistributed their functions between two new commands, U.S. Army Forces Command and U.S. Army Training and Doctrine Command. AFC is headquartered in Austin, Texas, with over 26,000 personnel worldwide working on modernization priorities. They integrate daily with entrepreneurs, scientists, academia, and businesses to employ an entrepreneurial spirit of accepting risk in order to create the best solution for our soldiers and to keep America strong. AFC is soldier-centered in its approach, relying on a diverse talent pool ranging from privates to PhDs. They drive the Army to become a persistently modernizing institution that establishes, maintains, and exploits overmatch to deter and, when necessary, defeat current and future adversaries. So this is a great subject to discuss, and today we welcome back to the Soldier Today podcast Command Sergeant Major Michael A. Crosby, the Command Sergeant Major for Army Futures Command. Sergeant Major, welcome back, and thank you for joining us and agreeing to provide our listeners with an update on Army Futures Command. Hey, it's great to be back, and thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Well, we know your time is precious, Sergeant Major, and Army Futures Command is highly engaged, so we'll jump right into the questions, Sergeant Major, if you don't mind. And we've had you on the show before, Sergeant Major, but when we went back and looked at the transcripts, I realized we never asked you the question we normally start with here on Soldier Today, so I thought we'd begin by doing that and carrying on our tradition by supporting Sergeant Major of the Army Grinston's initiative, This Is My Squad. You know, SMA Grinston has said time and time again, it's important to get to know the members of your squad. So could you share with us a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up and why did you decide to become a soldier? Awesome. Good morning, listeners. That's a great question. And this is my squad. It's about knowing your team members and your teammates. It's something that our non-commissioned officers, we own this program. And I grew up in a small town in southern Alabama called Evergreen, Alabama. It's a border between North Florida and southern Alabama. Probably a good 90-minute drive from Destin, Florida. Kind of give the listeners a landmark to kind of pivot off of. Population probably just north of about 6,000, very, very small town, and it runs along the border of Interstate I-65, which is the north and southern corridor that you get you from the northern part of the state to the southern part of the state. Of course, for the listeners, I am a Alabama Crimson Tide diehard fan, following them day in and day out. And I have several reasons why I wanted to become a soldier, and it's probably nothing that the listeners haven't heard before. But for myself, growing up in a small town, I actually wanted to get out of that environment and seek some new opportunities. The second thing is I knew that my parents could not afford to send me or pay for college. And I said, I got to find an occupation that I can stand on my own two feet, get some experience, right? 
get a chance to see different parts of the country and different parts of the state because based off the small town I was in, I knew that couldn't happen. And jobs was, at the time, minimal. A lot of factory jobs, a lot of meal jobs. I didn't see myself actually doing that. And I think my third reason why I wanted to become a soldier, I had a lot of extended family members that actually served in U.S. Army and U.S. Marines. And as a young man growing up, I used to see them come home to visit, and they always was wearing their uniform. So that inspired me to kind of seek an opportunity to become a soldier. And here it is. 32-plus years later, still serving. Sergeant Major, thanks for taking the time and sharing your story with our listeners. And like many, it sounds like the Army gave you incredible opportunity, as it has for many of us. But we appreciate you sharing a little bit about your personal story about you becoming a soldier. So, Sergeant Major, Army Futures Command has been in existence now for just a little over two years. AFC is a key component of the Army's modernization efforts, and we all know the Chief of Staff is very focused on modernization. Can you start with an update on the Army's six strategic priorities and the eight cross-functional teams that are supporting this, and how's the progress going? There are several key stakeholders that enables this modernization effort. That's the Secretary of the Army for Acquisitions, Logistics, and Technologies, three other Army commands, Training and Doctrine Command, which takes those concepts that we provide and transition them into doctrine. Forces Command is a great, great teammate in the Army modernization efforts for providing those soldiers for soldier touch points. And also the Army Material Command for the infrastructure for the new technologies and ranges, et cetera. And just to name a few that are holistically part of this whole Army modernization effort. And then for our audience out there, just to kind of bring you up to speed on our six major priorities, which our number one is long-range precision fires, our next-generation combat vehicle, future vertical lift, the network, which I think is one of the most important ones that we really got to invest in. Without the network, none of these priorities actually work. Also, air and missile defense and soldier lethality is those six modernization priorities. And also with those six modernization priorities are nested with six cross-functional teams, but two that I will call out to make it the eight cross-functional teams is assured position and navigation and timing. That's a subcomponent of the network. And also the synthetic training environment, which is a subcomponent of soldier lethality, CFT. The genesis of all of this, the cross-functional teams, all are led by general officers except for one, and that's the network, which is led by a senior executive service, too, that is out there making things happen within the network. And things are moving along very smoothly. And I think the soldier touch points and our key stakeholders with our program executive officers and our program managers enable the cross-functional team to operate as fast as they do from the time they stood up until two years later, they're running very, very smooth. Sergeant Major, we appreciate that. You mentioned soldier lethality. I'd like to touch on that for a second. You know, many of our listeners, Sergeant Majors, are soldiers, and many of which are still serving and training across the country or, and around the world. And as an organization that aims to solve the Army's modernization challenges, what are some of AFC's newest developments that impact our soldiers on the ground in these environments? And what can soldiers expect to see in the future? Oh, Esme, that is a great question. For the most part, 
there's several pieces of technology that is going to land in soldiers' hands within the next two to three years. We'll start with soldier lethality since you brought that one up, and most of them should already kind of have an idea. But the enhanced night vision goggle binocular, this was a big one. From idea to material solution, it took us 22 months. And the first unit equipped was the 1st Brigade, 1st Infantry Division out of Fort Riley, Kansas. And soldiers in the near future should see this coming back into their hands here. Should be in FY22 late fall. And also the next generation squad automatic rifle and the next generation squad weapon rifle, which is going to replace the M4 and the 249 saw. And those soldiers should see this landing in their organizations late FY22, beginning of FY23. And this is going to provide more lethality across the battlefield. And what is significant about this as well is it's going to include a new caliber of ammunition, a 6.8 caliber, and also a new fire control system that's going to land into their hands as well. And that's going to connect with enhanced night vision goggle binocular. And also the other big piece of technology that we're working on is the integrated visual augmentation system known to our soldiers as IFAS. And soldiers should see this landing into their unit late FY22 and throughout FY28. And those soldiers out of Fort Bragg and actually Fort Drum should see this landing into their formations here in the next two to three years. And as we continue to navigate and talk about long-range precision fires, you got the extended range cannon artillery. And those 13 Bravo artillerymen and women should see this land into their formation on about FY22, looking at the first unit equipped. If everything stays on glide path with demonstration, experimentation, et cetera. And also the network, which I mentioned earlier, that I believe is one of our most important signature efforts and one of the most important cross-functional teams those organizations were actually a smaller, a lighter, a faster, more flexible communication system and is known to the soldiers as Capability Set 21. And I will tell you, we're filling our four infantry brigades here in FY21, and that's going to be 1st Brigade 82nd, the 173rd, and also the 3rd Brigade 25th, and our final brigade that we'll fill with that toward the end of this year's 3rd Brigade 82nd. And those soldiers have spent hours and hours on touch points giving us feedback so we can rapidly iterate those changes that they provided to us. And we also put that capability inside of a brigade hand during a Joint Readiness Training Center rotation to give us feedback into an environment to where we can kind of make rapid changes to get this piece of technology in the soldier's hand. And then as we look down and talk about the synthetic training environment, which I alluded to earlier, is a subcomponent of soldier lethality. And one of the things that we're looking, technology we're looking to put in soldiers and organizations has the virtual collective trainer. And that means the air and ground trainer as well. On about FY22 to FY23, those organizations should start getting fielded this equipment. And also the squad immersive trainer is still being tested and demonstrated, and that should be later within the year that should be getting in those soldiers' hands. And also one of the other important aspects of training, as we know is very important, is the training management tool. And that should be getting inside our unit organizations 
on about FY23. The other piece I want to amplify before we move forward is the next generation squad vehicle, combat vehicle. That is an important signature effort that's been going on for years. And what we have now is eight robotic combat vehicle prototypes. What this means for our, our soldiers on the mounted platforms. You got four light variants and you got eight medium variants that has been delivered to the Army. And basically what we're doing is soldier operational experiment and we're using prototypes really at the company level. And the soldiers that are helping us with this piece of technology is at the 1st Cavalry Division at Fort Hood is actually going through the experimentation and demonstration. And the other aspect of the next-gen combat vehicle is looking at a mobile protected firepower. And what this consists of is a light to medium platform. And also, I just want to call out those soldiers from the 82nd Airborne that have been conducting the soldier vehicle assessment with the mobile protected firepower. And also, the soldiers at Fort Stewart, Georgia, the 3rd Infantry Division, have been doing the soldier assessment since January. And those are the two variants that are industry partners are utilizing. And what this mobile protective firepower is going to do is a light tank that brings a new level of lethality to a brigade combat team, which is very, very important. And also, we can look at the armor multi-purpose vehicle. That is a replacement for the M113, which has been in our inventory for a long period of time. And soldiers should start seeing what we call the AMP V first unit equipped should be early to mid FY23 to replace that M113 that's been around for a long period of time. And kind of moving to the future vertical lift, we also have the future tactical UAS system. And after a year long touch points with soldiers, all the shadow platoons out there, and a big shout out to those five brigade combat teams that kind of gave us that fast feedback, and that's 1st Brigade out of 1st Infantry Division, the 2nd Brigade out of 101st Airborne Air Assault, and also the 1st Brigade out of 2nd ID, and 3rd Brigade out of the 1st Army Division, and our final brigade that gave us significant feedback is 3rd Brigade 82nd, and this was a year-long partnership with those brigades, and we're looking to have that within their formations, hopefully on about FY24. And this will help out significantly with those operational need statements from the corps and divisions for each one of their brigade combat teams. Sorry, Major. We greatly appreciate that quick one down. I know there's a lot more that AFC is doing with the entire team. And it sounds like you start to deliver on some of the critical modernization efforts that are needed by our soldiers and our units out there. But Sergeant Major, I got to ask, you know, 2020 and now 2021 have proved to be interesting years, to say the least. You know, COVID, riots, domestic disturbance assault on our capital. These are all examples of what our nation has seen over the past 12 months. And how have all these anomalies affected the efforts of Army Futures Command and the partners that you just talked about? As we began to navigate during the early stages of the COVID-19 pandemic, it actually slowed down some of our efforts. And some of those efforts were soldier touch points. At the time, there was a lot of unknown unknowable and ever-changing things that occur within that environment. And that slowed down the ability for our scientists and engineers to get back into the labs and begin doing the advanced work and the basic work dealing with, you know, different technologies. And also it kind of hampered and slowed down our industry partners as well. 
is getting to some of the test sites with those prototype technologies and, and it kind of slowed down. But the Department of the Army helped us out with ETPs, exception to policy, to travel, to get our cross-functional teams, to get our soldiers, to get our program executive officers, our program managers, and our industry partners back at those installations, back out in the dirt, conducting experimentations and demonstrations, which kind of helped us as well. Also, very positive spin, and that comes from our Medical Research Development Command, which is one of our subordinate commands during this pandemic, which they did a lot of heavy lifting, and they partnered with industry using artificial intelligence, machine learning. What they had the ability to do is screen over 40 million drug compounds to identify several that was promising candidates that was undergoing further testing to help fight the pandemic. And also, they partnered with Gleed Science to provide Rendizavir to treat our DOD personnel that was exposed to COVID-19. And also, the clinical trials for COVID-19 and the treatment are completed Rendizavir considered to be the standard to help clear those patients inside of the hospital. And for our Capabilities Development Command, DEVCOM, they produced the first face cloth for the soldiers. That was a rapid prototype over the weekend. They put it out, passed it off to our, our ASALT partners, and put it into a, a full-rate production. That helped out as well. Now, as you talked about riots, domestic disturbance, assault on the Capitol, what I would tell you, that kind of gave us an opportunity to kind of sit back and kind of notice how it affects some of the colleagues. And it affects some of the colleagues within Army Futures Command in various ways. And that gave us an opportunity as a command to really sit back and take an opportunity to listen to our workforce concerns. And it also gave us an opportunity to kind of sit back and have those uncomfortable conversations with our colleagues and become comfortable and also gave us an opportunity to learn. And I think that was a good aspect as we kind of navigated 2021 from 2020 to 2021, which was a huge opportunity for us to actually learn and contribute to the efforts uh, across the Army enterprise. Well, Sergeant Major, again, thanks for that great rundown. And Sergeant Major Crosby, since our last discussion, AFC has been deeply engaged in one of the Army's most important modernization efforts, a project called Project Convergence. And we've heard a lot in regard to Project Convergence over the past year in the news and which is the Army's campaign of learning to aggressively pursue an artificial intelligence and machine learning-enabled battlefield management system. Can you provide us an update on Project Convergence? No, absolutely. That's a great question, and you've hit it right on the spot, too, uh, SMA Retired Daily, a campaign of learning. And this idea of Project Convergence started uh, back last year during late FY19, and it was attempting to bring several pieces of technology to the battlefield. And what I'd like to do for our listeners out there is kind of set the table of where we are now and where we attempt to go and kind of so you can have a holistic understanding of actually project convergence. And what we just conducted several weeks ago, Project Convergence 21, and we're taking advantage of our joint software integration lab. And this is located at Aberdeen Proving Ground. And what it does for us, it's like our combat training center, but it serves as a primary system of systems 
lab-based risk reduction and integration test environment. And for the listeners out there, it's known as a JCO. That's a Joint Software Integration Lab. What it does for is enable us to integrate and evaluate network components of software applications and sensors. And here's the big caveat to that. We can connect to the Air Force, the Navy, and the Marines as a joint all-domain command and control effort, part of Projects Convergence 21, because we will fight as a joint service as we encounter any adversary that might be out there. Also, what we call Edge 21. Uh, I think this conducted back in early May, and this was the Future Vertical Lift Cross-Functional Team, which partnered with many stakeholders across the joint community, and we converged at Dugaway Proving Ground in Utah. What this did is demonstrated the progressive efforts to connect joint all-domain command and control to what we call lower-tier air domain technologies, which actually reached the lethality of a future attack reconnaissance aircraft. As part of Project Convergence Campaign and Learning, the Edge 21 encompasses partners and stakeholders across 20 Department of Defense and joint organizations participating. Also, a big organization that helped us out was the 82nd Airborne, which placed their division talk out in the dirt, training and experimenting with over 35 different technologies that we're looking forward to. Sounds like a key effort to integrate not only what we have existing in the inventory, but also as a reminder that you got to continue to focus on the new things we add to the inventory so they can work together in a joint environment. So, Armander, so thanks for that great rundown. You know, now the team has had some time to get established, and it sounds like the work you're doing is proving that the efforts of AFC are delivering on the modernization priorities for the Army that we need. What are some of the key milestones and accomplishments that lie ahead? And can you give our listeners some insight on some things you're working for the future? There's two milestones I really want to talk about and some waypoints. And AFC is the catalyst for modernizing not just equipment and capabilities, but also looking at talent that is needed to manage the future fight. And two big milestones I really want the listeners kind of gravitate to, and maybe some might be interested in joining some of these key milestones to help us achieve these waypoints inside of Army Futures Command. And one is the Army Software Factory. And as many may know, the Software Factory is an integrated software development initiative to teach, develop, and employ sustaining talent from all ranks within the military and our civilian workforce. And what occurred back in April of 2021, we hosted and executed our ribbon-cutting ceremony located here in Austin, and we partnered with the Austin Community College Rio Grande campus. And what the Software Factory has established is five learning tracks. And this is for the audience, which they will graduate from and also receive additional skill identifier. And these teams are broken down into a product team. And what a product team actually does is responsible for designing and developing and implementing software application, right? Product design, software developers. And also we have what we call a platform team. Of course, they're responsible for maintaining and underlying the infrastructure, right? All of these are ASI producing courses and also the technical mission force staff. That's the leadership for the operational and institution support system. And if those listeners out there are very interested in joining the Army Software Factory, I tell them to go to 
ArmyFuturesCommand.com for more information. And our second key milestone is the Army Artificial Intelligence Integration System. As you know, when we first started out, it was called the Artificial Intelligence Task Force. So now our synergy has baked in concrete and now it's known as our center. And what this key milestone does for us is we're conducting an education program partnership with the Carnegie Mellon University. And at the center of our partnership, what we're attempting to do and what we are doing is three pilot programs. And those three pilot programs consist of data-driven leaders, and what this does for those individuals that are interested is provide education for leaders to employ artificial intelligence capability. And this algorithm group of military and senior civilian leadership had begun back last year in September of 2020. And we just graduated the first cohort this past March with a certificate in data-driven leadership. Our second pilot program is AI Scholars Program. What this does it provides artificial intelligence professionals with a graduate education in data analysis and data engineering. And what they would get this from, they would get this graduate degree in, it's from Carnegie Mellon University, and it would be followed by a utilization tour inside of Army Futures Command, which we would then place you to help solve big problems across the Army enterprise. One is near and dear to my heart that I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in is the AI Cloud, Artificial Intelligence Cloud Technician Program. And this is for non-commissioned officers, warrant officers, and officers. And this program is a certification program designed to develop a modernized workforce uh, inside of the AI. And if any of those listeners out there are interested in those programs, again, I just ask you to kind of drop in on our website. It's open face website. It's a dot .com, not a dot .mil. And that's at www.armyfuturescommand.com. And what these two programs has done, will do in the near future is allow soldiers to solve big army problems at the edge. And the way that we seek this talent out, there was no program or record for us inside of Army Futures Command to acknowledge and understand that we have soldiers in our formation today that have self-taught themselves how to write code. And that's dealing with C++, C++, Python, JavaScript, et cetera. And so we cast a wide net via social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and me, myself, I shot an email out across the bow to all my partners in the Army Commands and the Army Service Component Commands to kind of put this information out there to their soldiers so that they can actually have an opportunity to serve. And one of the final key milestones is dealing with our Medical Research and Development Command, which is actually doing a lot of clinical trials to combat multiple strains of the coronavirus. So in the future, we can have hopefully a vaccination that can knock out any other arising strands of the coronavirus. Well, Sergeant Major, again, thanks for that great rundown. And it's comforting to hear that we're not only investing in modernization with regards to the things that our soldiers need, but sounds like we're investing in modernization of the talent that's going to utilize those things in, the, in our battlefield in defense of our country well into the future. So, I mean, we've heard a lot of talk about all the great things that AFC is doing today and the amount of efforts that are simultaneously going on in a very complex environment solving the Army's tough problems. But we can't have this discussion without resources. And all of us have seen the news about the defense budget. Recently, both the Army and DOD leadership have testified on Capitol Hill that a 
diminishing budget will have a negative effect on the Army's efforts to modernize and maintain pace with its adversaries. So what challenges do you see in the future with regards to delivering on the Army's strategic priorities in the wake of declining resources? Even in, in an era of pressure, overall defense budget, we're committed to transforming our Army, right? That's include modernizing what we fight with, what we know our potential adversaries are modernizing their militaries with. We have to modernize to really stay ahead of them and to compete successfully which I help deter them and be able to ready and fight and win if they call us up. And as we modernize, we have to be very, very consistent in our commitment to our six modernization priorities. And as our listeners know, that's long range precision fires, next generation combat vehicle, future vertical lift, the network, air missile defense, and soldier lethality. And we define what we call our 31 plus four signature efforts to support our six priorities. And with the pressure of the budget, I believe the Army has already had to make tough choices. And as some of our listeners may know, in the last three years, we moved approximately $35 billion from other important efforts to support our 31 plus four signature efforts. And if we face even greater pressure on the defense budget in the future, uh, it would be challenging to commit all those efforts along their current timeline. So the Army has to make more tough choices, and we might have to look at slowing down some of those timelines to actually do that. And we would even consider, as what our chief of staff of the Army calls, cost performance and schedule. Even if we face further pressure on the defense budget, the Army will remain committed to modernizing and getting the right equipment into our hands of our soldiers so they can be more lethal on the battlefield. Sergeant Major, again, thanks. It sounds like, you know, we're always going to have challenges, challenges with facing the capabilities of our adversaries and challenges here at home, having to pay and resource all the things our great nation needs, but it's in good hands with AFC. Sergeant Major Crosby, it was a pleasure to have you with us today. And We hope you'll come back and join us again, because I know that you'll always have a great story to tell about the wonderful things AFC is doing for our soldiers and our Army. But I'd like to give you the last words. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to provide our listeners? Yes, for all of our listeners out there, and that's all of our soldiers across all three compos. That is our industry partners. We can't modernize our Army without you. Thanks for your continued contributions. Thanks for your support, and thanks for making our soldiers that's on the battlefield at the squad level more lethal than ever. I look forward to having this opportunity again to get on this platform and provide an update, not only to our soldiers, but our industry partners as well. And thanks for all the continued support. Well, thank you, Sergeant Major. Our time has come to an end to close this edition of Soldier Today podcast. All of us here at the Association of the United States Army want to thank Command Sergeant Major Michael Crosby for joining us today for this insightful discussion on Army Futures Command's mission and what they're doing for our Army now and what they're accomplishing for our Army in the future. We can be proud of the innovation and initiative of the command and the many leaders, soldiers, Army civilians, our industry and academic partners for helping our Army continue to be the greatest Army in the world. As our Chief of Staff of the Army, General James McConville has said, Soldiers first, and winning matters. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Army Matters podcast on iTunes and everywhere podcasts are found. 
The Army Matters podcast series is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission to educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and our supporters of a strong national defense. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. Have a great Army day. Hua.